Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Hello and welcome to the 399th episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. Sandy, uh, you we obviously skipped last week due to the honeymoon, and I want to hear about it because I haven't heard anything of it other than what I've seen on Instagram. So what do you got for us? Yeah, so the honeymoon, our destination was to the Maldives, uh, and we also flew business on the way out there and back. Uh, which I've covered in the past. But to give you a sense of the experience, we uh, we took a car to JFK, and by the time we got to JFK, uh, about you know a little under three hours before uh, before takeoff, and you know how I you know I always go back to that Brazil trip, but you know how when you get oh, yeah. when we got to the yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't as bad, but it was definitely a very, very long line to check into the flight in economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, thankfully, because we were in business, we walked literally past everyone in economy and straight up to the business check-in counter, and nice. checked in very smoothly. Uh, they gave us a sort of a, a ticket to go to the lounge, and so there's like this uh, business class lounge that was partly like priority pass or, or, or some, maybe some tier of whatever it is. But, you know, we get there, eat a little bit just to like uh, have, have something in our stomachs because uh, it was in the morning. And then we get on the plane and, you know, we're, we're part of, you know, like the group one of boarding or whatever it is. And it, it was crazy because the, the seat was like three, three H. And so our seats were rear facing. Uh, it was on Qatar Airways uh, in their business uh, product called Q Suites. And so what's, what's fun about Q Suites is um, they're called, I think, honeymoon suites or, or couple suites where the rear facing ones uh, specifically can be converted into a double bed. Um, more importantly, uh, for me, uh, the way that they do their food is unlike any other airline that I've ever flown. So uh, I am opening up my phone, and I'll, I'll probably be just sending you a ton of pictures uh, on Slack. But what I really appreciated about the dining experience on Q Suites is you can eat however much you want, whenever you want. As opposed to the standard dining process, which is, hey, you have to eat during service hours. And then once mm-hmm. service is done, you're like sort of like, you know, you're SOL. Right. Uh, and so I was like, all right, well, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm sending it to you now. Uh, so I'm just looking at this menu and everything looks delicious. And I go, oh, I'm, I might be eating a ton on this flight. <laughs> uh, but we sort of settled in really quickly, took our shoes off, started to lay flat. Um I I forget what movies I watched. They were pretty good. Um, but, you know, when, once it was time to eat, uh, really took advantage uh, of the food. Um, when you initially 
board the plane. They're like, hey, would you like you know a drink of some kind? And it, their signature drink is this lemon mint tea, a little bit sweet. And so I mean, I, I got that on every flight that I could. Yeah. Um, and you know, after uh, after it was time to you know post meal, getting ready to go to sleep. You can ask them to turn down your seat. So they come over and they put this leather pad over the middle stanchion uh, or middle sort of divider uh, to like make it flush with the with the bedding. And then uh, they they put over sort of like the, you know like a fitted sheet and a little bit of a padded thing on top. And then you you know you also get uh, these pajamas that I'm wearing. Uh, right now, uh, and there did is you, a. Did you change into them on the plane? I did. Uh, I didn't even go into the bathroom to change them, frankly, uh, okay. because uh, your seat has these sliding doors that are pretty high, and so if you're standing up, you know they can look over. Right. But you know, I was just sitting down and just really quickly, like you know, took off my pants and you know, yeah, 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 on, on stuff so. Um, did that and then went to bed. Now the issue is like, yes, it is a lay flat. It's about as lay flat as, as, as it can be. But for whatever reason, like I just can't really sleep that well on planes. I even took a Z quill, uh, but my body just feels like it's able to like shed the, the effects of a Z quill pretty quickly. Um, and you know, I woke up and Carolyn was still sleeping. So I didn't bother her. I, I did a call button. Uh, for the flight attendant to come over, and I was like, I want some more food. Uh, I don't know if I sent you any of the images of the food, uh, but they were like, we're talking like uh, very, very well plated food. Yeah, I sh- I saw the pictures on Instagram, and I showed Lena. Um, yeah, very well plated food. Yeah, and so it was. Uh, the food was very, very good. Um, I did feel very. Um, What's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, I don't want to say felt gluttonous, but it did feel like the way to fly, which is your body may not want to be eating, for example, because when we flew, uh, it was still morning, but the way that the service was uh, preparing the food, the order was like, we're going to do dinner uh, early, and then when you wake up later, we'll do breakfast. But you know, you may not want to do dinner foods at like 11 a.m i can certainly do dinner foods whenever but some people may not want to eat that heavy of a meal then and so to be able to pick what you want to eat when you want to eat i think is a you know it's an awesome thing so you know we get into doha uh we're, we're, we're pretty well refreshed uh zip right through um Zip right through like customs and all that stuff. It was basically going through connecting, and then not, we didn't even really meet customs because it's just like the inter. It's like the um, the connecting flight security check that they put you through, and then we walked over to our gate, and this is one of those things where like I think the Doha uh, Hamad Airport. It was just so busy that every time we flew out of there, we were essentially doing one of those things like in. On our return flight, which is you got to get on a bus, to right out to the tarmac to walk up to the thing. Um, so we, we did that on our flight from uh, Doha to Male. 
Service was okay. I mean, it, it, it definitely wasn't lay flat. It was more of like, you know, super lazy boy uh, situation. Um, and what was crazy was I was still wearing a hoodie and joggers. But by the time we landed Male, dude, it's like 80 plus degrees and like 80 plus percent humidity. And so I was like sweating immediately because I, I was clearly yeah. not dressed for the, the climate. But, you know, I, I swapped out of that. Uh, once we got to the airport, and then once you get to the airport, um, there's like you know how you like walk out of arrivals. There's like usually people just like waiting for you. Um, at at Male, it's like a million different hotels, and you just gotta look for the hotel that you're staying with. And so we were staying at the Westin. We saw the guy with the hand sign for the Westin. He brings us over to the seaplane terminal where they weigh all your bags to make sure that you're not over. And then you basically wait. They, they they take you on a you know into a van that takes you away from the international airport to their seaplane terminal. And then we were sitting in one of the you know every hotel has like a lounge, which is really nice. The food was incredible, um, and just watching the seaplane sort of take off and land. And then when it's your turn, you go into this little room. Uh, which is like, you know, other people because the seaplanes are essentially trying to figure out who they're flying to and how many stops they got to make. For us, though, what was interesting was originally we were going to fly, i sorry, we were going to arrive at the Westin via seaplane, but based on our, uh, our itinerary, I guess, or not the itinerary, based on the manifest of passengers, uh, more people, like I was like, not everyone except Carol and I, we're going to a hotel nearby, and so instead of having the plane take off and land for just the two of us, we all got off on that uh, hotel near the Wesson, and then the Wesson sent over a speedboat, uh, like a covered speedboat. So then Carol and I got off of the seaplane, got onto the speedboat, and it was like a 10-minute ride to, uh, to the Wesson. Um, we, we, we perched and we, we, you know, we, we selected an overwater bungalow with a private pool. Uh, I think overall, I think that pool was a lifesaver because it was just really nice to like not have to go into the ocean if you didn't want to, uh, right. and just have like access to water. Um, and so whether it was, you know, after a run for me or just, you know, while we're, you know, laying out on the deck. Uh, if it got really warm, you just like hop into the pool for a sec, dip your head, and then you come back out. Um, and it was just nice to be able to be in the pool and like overlook the ocean. That was a really special thing. Um, bungalow was massive. Uh, sitting area, uh, bedroom area, and there and, and this massive bathroom with a massive soaking tub. It was like uh, sort of broken up by these like really large wooden sliding doors. So at night you could really uh, sort of isolate and block out a lot of the light. What was hard to get used to, not really that hard, but like what was a surprise was how loud the ocean is at night considering you're on the water. So like that first night, I can hear the waves crashing and it's like, you know, I don't know if you go to sleep with white noise on, but it's like someone cranked a white noise to 11. And sometimes yeah. the waves come in strong enough, it feels like it's shaking the bungalow. Uh, which is definitely sort of like a 4D movie that you feel like you're sleeping in. Um, but, you know, we also, uh, as part of our package, we, we, we selected like a, I think it's called a romantic escape package. So outside of the room, what did it include? It included 
uh, a spa package, uh, and the spa package was comprised of a 60-minute 60-minute uh, Balinese massage, couples massage, followed by a 30-minute facial, followed by a 30-minute like romantic bath or something. Um, what was cool about the spa was it was on a pier overlooking the ocean as well. And so when you're like laying on the, uh, massage table with your head in the pillow, um, and you're looking down the floor, the floor has actually got like a, a glass cutout so you can see the waves sort of, uh, right. crashing underneath. You can see a lot of cool fish. Um, and, and so in addition to the spa package, uh, it gave us half board, so that meant from a food perspective, uh, we got breakfast included, which was a daily breakfast buffet uh, at their main restaurant, and then dinner. You know, you could eat at two out of the three restaurants, and you got an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert as part of your meal package. Um, so what was funny about that meal, though, is. You know, the Westin is sort of branded as like this health conscious uh, hotel where it's like, and they want you to uh, be active, they want you to eat healthily, and they want you to sleep well. It's like this whole sort of lifestyle focus, right? But yeah. the restaurants serve the largest portion sizes I've ever seen. Where <laughs> if you like, and I, I think you would you would hate this, but on uh, their appetizer size is entree size and their entree size is essentially double entree size so mm-hmm. you you basically can't even eat the entree because you're full from the appetizer and then like we barely ever had dessert because we just didn't have room for it and to add to the awkwardness of the portion size i don't know if this was a uh, cultural thing but whenever the servers came over and they're looking at your plate and they see food remaining they will hit you with the oh did you not like it it's like no it's like nah dude you you're you're, how big do you think i am that i can eat all this right um and so that that was a tough thing but uh i mean what else did we do we uh, i'm sort of breezing through it but you know i um the weather was pretty incredible it was the most uh most minimal weather variance of a location I'd ever experienced. The daily lows, the daily highs were 82 degrees Fahrenheit and the daily lows were 80 degrees Fahrenheit. So a two degree difference. Um, and the, the, the humidity was, was, was pretty, pretty bad. It was like mid 80 plus percent. So that's why, you know, as I was trying to train for Tokyo that uh, I kept trying to just like get my runs done before the sun rose. Uh, just because, you know, when you couple that temperature with that humidity, it was basically felt like it was like low 90s. And so there's no way I was going to run in like that kind of island heat. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what yeah. what were those runs like in terms of like views and everything? Like or like what what's the surface that you're running on? So the surface is a bit of a mix. Uh, sometimes I'm running on like what feels like a boardwalk. If it's over uh-huh. the water, and then other times it's really packed in sand, so it okay. felt sturdy enough to to run in, um, but it was a mix of those two. And so the loop around the island was a little over a mile, and so I, you know, the the most I'd ever done was probably five plus miles, like 
four loops. Uh, and then sometimes if I woke up too late, because, uh, you know, my, my body never fully transitioned over with the jet lag. So every day, like we went to bed pretty early every day, probably went to bed at like 10. Uh, and I'd be up by, f- my body would just wake up at four. I'd be on my phone till about 5 p.m., 5 a.m. local, uh, and then start to like get get ready to just go for the run and then be in the pool as the sun rose. Uh, and so I always felt like I didn't know what time it was back home. Uh, so that, you know, when I'm interacting with you and Harry or I'm sharing stuff, it's just like, I didn't know when you'd be yeah. up or like when I share my not words, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm doing <laughs> it, but it feels like, you know, I'm sharing the next day is like 2 p.m. your time or something like that so right yeah yeah that's basically what it was i mean it was it's a for me from from uh um, central time it was a 12 hour time difference so east coast 11 hours um so yeah you were like there there was a time there were like two days where you sent your not your next day's not word before i finished the previous days so you know just at a glance it could be difficult to compare the results but it doesn't really matter, right? It was just, it's, it's, yeah. uh, you know, we figured it out and it's just fun. We got it. Right, right, right. Um, so we were, so because it's a, it's a tropical island, um, there's a lot of like water sports you can sign up for. And so we originally had an itinerary that was filled with snorkeling and kayaking and jet skiing. So, you know, the types of snorkeling we were planning on doing was snorkeling with, turtles snorkeling with manta rays having a boat take us out 45 minutes to like a an active reef a, a sort of a healthy reef and going snorkeling there but carolyn had never done snorkeling before so we figured all right you know what first things first let's take a 30 minute snorkel class see how we like okay. it yeah and you know she's getting the mask fitted we're getting the fins fitted uh but for me, I wasn't allowed, not allowed, but like my mask wouldn't fit if I wore my glasses and I forgot to pack my uh, motion sickness patches, my drama meeting patches. And oh, so no. the water's pretty choppy that day. And so not only a, can I not really see anything with the goggles, but the waves are like lurching and launching me forward and it feels like I'm moving up significantly in like height or whatever. And and so I got pretty nauseous, uh, so much so that I had to cut the lesson short by like maybe eight, ten minutes because I was like, I got to get back to shore. I don't like this. I think I'm going to throw up. And Carolyn was having the time of her life. Uh, she likes, you know, everything that she likes about roller coasters are the things that like sort of make me say, absolutely not. She likes floating. She likes being taken over for a ride in the, in the water. She loves seeing the fish. We were... The way that the island works, it's like you know, there's uh, there's coral reefs in the shallow part of the of the water, and then the sandbar sort of drops, right? So, what's that? Uh, thalassophobia or whatever was like fear of like the deep ocean or whatever. It's crazy mm-hmm. because while we're snorkeling, you can sort of see the reef. You can see a ton of schools of fish, very different colored fish. It's great, but then you can see out where like the turquoise blue turns into like that navy blue, and then. It did seem like as we were swimming over the sandbar uh, where the coral sort of breaks off, it's like it does feel like the abyss. 
And it's like, oh my gosh, it does all of a sudden feel like we're flying over like a really tall cliff. So that was a that was a pretty cool experience. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, my nausea sort of made it so that I didn't want to, um, you know, get on a boat and then go snorkeling elsewhere. So that's why we sort of scrapped a lot of the water activities and then Caroline ended up visiting the spa three separate days, um, which is still nice in its own right. Uh, but the other thing that we did was go jet skiing. So Carolyn has never done jet skiing. I have jet skied once in my life. And have you have you jet skied before? No, never jet skied. So you you love it. Imagine the uh, the ATVs that we yeah. did, but just over water. It's it's yep. so easy to pick up, but. Um, we did a 30 minute jet ski thing and basically a speed, the, one of the guys gets on a speedboat. We follow him out into the deep water and then for 30 minutes, you, you can just like do whatever the heck you want, you know? Uh, but what was funny was on that day, the water was so calm that as we were driving and we were going flat out on these, uh, these like sea do, uh, jet skis or whatever. But like, if you looked out at a certain direction, the water was so calm that it felt like that scene in Interstellar where they land on that like water planet. It just feels like there's nothing but sea and sky, and I it's see. a simulation because the water's so flat. Right, right. Um, and so it's super easy to go flat out like thirty. I don't know, it's like thirty miles an hour or whatever the heck it is. Um, right. Whatever the max speed is, just like we're zipping back and forth. And Karen had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun, and it was a. We were like, should we get one of these? If we ever have like a summer home, should we get one of these on a lake? Because that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, right? Yeah. Um. And and so, uh, what else can can I tell you about it? Uh, overall, the food. Oh, one of the things that we were also given was uh, the the in villa dining with the floating breakfast. And so you just tell them what you want from the menu. They show up. And then they basically put it on this massive wicker uh, sort of like serving tray. Uh, And we just sort of ate a pool. I've never done that before. And and frankly, even in a three-foot waiting pool, it's kind of overrated because you're trying to like imagine trying to cut something. But the, the thing that you're cutting is like constantly moving around on you. So like in theory, it's great depending on what you're eating. But in practice, it's like, you know. It, it, you'd be you'd have a better time sitting on a, at a table cutting your food up. Um, okay. Yeah, it, I mean it was it was it was a fun from a novel perspective, uh, but certainly not uh, long term wise would I ever want to continue to eat in a pool. Um, they also did this thing where Carol and I got to dine on the beach. Uh, there was like a special romantic. Uh, dining experience which I think I might have shown on Instagram but essentially they set up a table for two on the beach surrounded by tiki torches and yep. I was like y'all know that tiki torches aren't in right uh, <laughs> 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 I was like oh my gosh uh, you know the the implications here uh, but it was uh, it, it was cool the, the, the food was delicious um, I got a nice sort of rack of lamb, uh, very fatty lamb though. So, so not, not, not the best, but, uh, but it was, it was good overall. Um, you know, I'm racing through this because I want to talk to you about my flight home, 
which was uh, two things were underwhelming about the flight home. Okay. Or the, or yes. the trip home. Uh, one was the uh, the business class lounge in Doha. I was super excited to try out because it's considered one of the largest business class lounges in the world. And I must have conflated largest with best when we get there. It's really nice. Uh, but the Wi-Fi was so terrible, dude. The Wi-Fi was so bad. That you constantly getting you constantly got kicked off of it, which to me in a lounge is like the whole thing. Point of us being in a lounge is you may be able to get some food, you get a shower in, and then you're sort of just sitting on your phone. You know what I mean? Just right. like waiting in a more comfortable location for your next flight. Right. Uh, well, I'll tell you this: the, the shower was great. No, no, uh, no waiting really in line for me to shower, and so I was able to because at that point I had already been up. We're probably in those clothes for like 16 hours. So, you know, you, you want to wash that sort of uh, that feeling off of you before your Absolutely. final flight home. Especially like showers and brushing your teeth. I feel like really yeah. do. A, yeah. Oh, it's really bring it's game back. changing. Absolutely game changing. Like I, I honestly, so for Lena, like our honeymoon, um, we did the same thing. We paid to get into the lounge and in Doha and just being able to take a shower, brush our teeth, and unwind for a little bit, like with just the food and everything, was was amazing. Like I, it I don't really know how to describe it. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it properly, but I would one hundred percent recommend people do that. Like it, it almost intentionally book a slightly longer layover if possible, in between those two long flights, just so that you can unwind in that lounge. Exactly. But the lounge has to be worth it. Yeah, yeah. The lounge absolutely has to be worth it. And so there's, uh, you know, there's that aspect of things. Um, and I think, you you know, apparently this lounge, the Al Morjan Lounge, uh, ha- was supposed to have like two separate large uh, restaurants or whatever. But I didn't see any of them. And what was frustrating about that was, you know, the food wasn't that good, uh, what they had out. And so, you know, Iran, our friend Iran said that we should have uh, done what he did, which is spring for the first class lounge, uh, where, the, you know, for a hundred bucks a person uh, above the uh, business class ticket, you can basically drink like thousand dollar bottles of champagne. You can order real food that they serve on, you know, on, on plates and whatnot. But we just didn't have enough time. To, to make it worth it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think it was yeah. only going to be two hours. And so I don't think, you know, we, we, uh, we were yeah, going to be able that. to, it, it wasn't going to be worth that extra money. Right. And, and so then, okay, we, we make our way to the gate for our flight home from Doha to JFK, which is on American, which I won't, you know, we've already talked about that fiasco. And then, you know, I had to realize that if you're an inbound flight to America, you have an extra layer of security that they're going to do. Um, it was pretty crazy uh, because, there, I mean, there was a business class slash economy, uh, you know, divider. But 
I think the way that people were just like, hey, you essentially hop in the line before economy folks, but like these economy folks are flying with like two kids and like their grandparents and like people are just milling around. So there's no sense of like what the line starts and ends. Uh, and then once you get on the plane, like I'm telling you, dude, the flight attendants on Qatar Airways, some of the best I've ever, you know, had the, you know, pleasure of being waited on by like super super respectful deferential uh same thing with like on uh emirates uh same thing on eva airlines eva airlines which is a uh which is a taiwan based airline i think uh so like i'm thinking to myself like eastern asian uh airlines you know carol and i are flying business class at tokyo in a month so I'm really interested in the ANA experience because I know that you know Japanese culture services everything. Uh, but when we got on that American flight, dude, it's like the brusqueness of American flight attendants on that on that on that uh, on that trip. They're very like short and terse with you. It almost felt like we were annoying them for being there, which yeah. really made it crazy to think that like this is a. I mean. To be honest with you, this was like over five thousand dollar ticket, yeah. and to be made to feel that way, it's like that's kind of wild, you know. It's like I don't know if it's like you know, I don't know if they're working a double or if it's just a long line, a long flight, or you know, American, not American, but like I don't want to say American Airlines, but like U.S. based flight attendants have really gotten the short end of the stick since COVID, right? And so yeah. they're they're probably used to dealing with just idiots everywhere um so i'm sure they're almost aggressively trying to like shut stuff down by just like not wanting to interact with you uh but it was just one of those things where it's like man this this is not it dude like not only was the service not great um but you know it took us fucking forever to push off because there was a bag issue so we were sitting at the gate for an hour plus while people were trying Ooh. to get their bags on on the flight. Uh, they somehow lost a checked bag along the way, uh, which is not their fault, not the flight attendant's fault. But you know, once we once we're taking off, uh, and I finally saw Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which I have thoughts <laughs> about. Uh, yeah. None of them good. Uh, I thought it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Uh, worst Jeez. Marvel movies I've ever seen. Jesus, uh, all right. Tell us how you uh, really feel. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I'll get to that in a second. But they, the food was disgusting. The food was that's, absolutely that's disgusting. And so it's just like... Oh, like, man, dude. The food was terrible. So I'm like, if the food is terrible up here, I can't imagine how bad the food is back there. Uh, and then it was like, all right, you know, at the end of breakfast... Uh, sorry, at the end of dinner, the one good thing about dinner was uh, you get to pick dessert, and I went with their signature ice cream sundae so i got us ice cream sundae with nuts and chocolate syrup uh i did not get the whipped cream i did not get the fruit or whatever but it was that part was really good um but then they're like you know call harking back to the guitar airways of die at any time they're like all right we have now concluded dinner service uh we will be pausing food service until breakfast and you know in x number of hours uh should you need anything uh, you know, you can do the JetBlue thing, which is like walk to the back and just pick something up of your for yourself. Uh, which is just a, a such a far cry from 
eat whatever, eat whatever. Uh, and so it was just so much funnier to, to, you know, go back to the phone call I was on with American where they're like, you know, they're both the same lay flat experience. And I was like, don't you dare lie to me uh, that y- you think that a Qatar Airways business class right. experience is the same as an American Airlines business class experience. It's just, it's just not it. It's just not it. Like, I, I, I understand why you're saying this because you want to get me off the phone. But like you know, it's and this these are I don't want to say these are crocodile tears, but like you know, it's also hard for people to really take you seriously when you're like you know complaining about business. Well, I mean, here's, but 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 the thing is that you had a you have a direct comparison, like on sure. the way out there. So if this is the same, you know, same uh, quality, you know, in terms of business class ticket. Yeah. on a completely different airline and the experience is that drastically different it's like well yeah the 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 uh what experience per dollar doesn't line up not even a little bit it doesn't make that ticket worth it at all right you might as well just be sitting a coach at that point right right and it, and i think i uh, told you before had i wanted to rebook just that last flight home it would have cost the same. So, like, what's crazy is we got our deal essentially to fly business on the way back um, uh, for this itinerary. For those keeping score, it was about eight k. Okay, like just you know, it is what it is. Um, but had we wanted to rebook that one leg from Doha back to JFK, it was going to be eight k alone because it wow. was so close to the like when they canceled yeah, that flight the travel date. Yeah. You know, the travel date, it's like, hey, if you want to do this, it's AK by itself. It's like, you guys are whatever. A big lesson learned is if you want to fly uh, an, a specific experience to book directly with that provider. It, there's just no way around it because if you book with an owned and operated by, then it, you're not going to get that flight. And that's just a hard lesson mm-hmm. to learn. Um, it definitely, it didn't like kill the whole trip. I mean, it was a fantastic honeymoon overall. But it was just one of those small things of like, oh man, not not a, not great, you know. Um, yeah. But thankfully, yeah. you know, we got back, and you know, I've been, I've been dealing with the um, the jet lag decently, I'll say. I so I tend to crash around seven p.m. to nine p.m. Like if I eat dinner, uh, all the blood obviously rushes to my stomach lining, and I'm already hamstrung by jet lag. So I'll probably. I usually take a nap. I've taken a nap between 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. I wake up. Uh, I'll like watch a watch a movie, do some more planning for Tokyo, uh, maybe play some video games till about midnight to 2 a.m. And then I fall asleep because my body has been waking up like maybe four to five hours after I go to sleep. So I know that if I were to go to bed at 10 you do the math. I'm up at two to three a.m. I've done that before in the past. I didn't want to repeat that, uh, and so I've been able to wake up at around six six thirty, which is much better than two thirty or three. Um, but so that's where you caught me tonight. Uh, not only did I take a, a brief nap at like eight, it, it's funny to call it a nap at eight p.m. Uh, but I also ran eighteen miles today. Uh, which was me trying to catch up to Tokyo training because up until this point with the wedding and the honeymoon and all that stuff, like uh, it was just hard to get consistent miles uh, in. 
And so this was just me sort of trying to figure out where my body's at right now and will I make it in Tokyo and, you know, completing 18 miles when I hadn't run anything between 12 and 18. Like, I'm really on the knife's edge of am I truly being idiotic with this uh, or not, but my goal is to make it to Tokyo and cross the finish line at Tokyo. Uh, Time sort of be damned. I'm just like, you know, I'm not running this marathon ever again. I'm just going to cross that finish line. Yep. Similar to Chicago. Uh, and I'm hoping at some point in the future, I'll be able to put another like super dedicated uh, training schedule down. Because I do want to break four hours, but this won't be it. I'll be I'll be way right. over five. I might, I may even be closer to six hours on this. Just like, you know what? Got to cross that finish line somehow. Just and if I have done. to walk, I'll walk. Yeah, yeah. So that's really it. Um, I'm glad I was able to share that with you. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, in about four weeks, um, we fly out to Tokyo. And then that'll be another significant trip. Uh, what's crazy about that trip is we have to fly. F- in order to take advantage of this crazy deal, uh, no, this Gatsby flight deal, where if we were to do a direct flight from New York to Tokyo, uh, it would have been all in. $3,000 total for just economy. That's a 14-hour flight. Uh, is it 14-hour? Tw- at least 12 to 14 hours, okay? Yeah. Um, but Scott's Chief Flights, that we branded as going, um, they found a business class deal for 5000 which is like normally business class is like many multiples above uh, what economy is, but then like we only found it, and it's like oh, it's five thousand for the prim- somewhat some call, uh, just as good if not better than the Qatar Airways uh, branded Q Suites experience. ANA calls it the Room, uh, which if you go to YouTube and you look up ANA Airlines the Room Business Class, you'll sort of see what that experience is like. Um, so we booked that, but what's funny is at the end of our trip. It's not really a flight to Tokyo. The way they do it is you're actually flying to Jakarta, but uh, you can basically lay over in Tokyo for as long as you want, and you can be in Jakarta for as little as you want. And so uh-huh. well, on our way out, you're, you're going to fucking love this. On our way out, it's an eight-hour flight from Tokyo to Jakarta. Uh, uh-huh. Which is not, 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 that's nothing to sort of sneeze at. You wait, know? wait, how, so hold on really quickly, really quick. How long, how long of a lay of a quote unquote layover is this then? It's like eight days, nine days. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like a nine day layover. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I, there's a, there's a term for this type of itinerary. I forget what it's called, uh, but there's definitely a term for it. Um, so then we fly out from Tokyo to Jakarta. We land at like 4.30 right. p.m. And then we fly out the next day at like 6.30 a.m. Like it's, it's really like wow. a less than 24 hour uh, or less wow. than 12 hour. Uh, sort of and, and so what happens with your, like, do you, are you checking luggage? Can you have checked luggage with this type of itinerary? With an yeah, a, you, you can have checked luggage. Day? Okay, so your, your luggage is going to get delivered to you in Tokyo. They're not going to just hold it. Correct. For, or Correct. send it to, to, okay, got it. Yeah. Um, and... What's it called? So we'll we'll do that. And I used uh, my Marriott points to get us a night at the St. Regis in Jakarta. And then we fly back from Jakarta to Tokyo. 
and we have again less than 24 hours uh essentially in tokyo before we have to get on our final flight from tokyo to uh gfk so essentially in those like 72 hours we will be flying for over 24 of them uh which is which is kind of nuts it's like eight hours from tokyo to jakarta and then you basically barely get a night's sleep before you go again from jakarta to tokyo and then you get one night of sleep before you go from tokyo to uh jfk so we're really just racking up these miles is really what we're doing yeah but that wow. is in a month and then uh i think the other travel that we have this year is trying to figure out how, what we're doing for my sister's wedding in italy if we have the time uh and frankly the money to either see italy properly while we're out there already uh or do we just go for her wedding and come back uh, the reason why i say that is because to fly economy from new york to either naples or rome in the summertime for her wedding is around four thousand dollars economy dude economy is four thousand and so it's just like oof this is a we got to figure out if like we we have the time or the uh, the appetite to to see more of italy uh, I'm still trying to make it work. I'm still trying to be like, well, if it's going to be that, whether regardless of if it's a short itinerary or a long itinerary, let's just do a long itinerary. You know what I mean? Um, but right. yeah. I'm still in the early goings of that. And that's, that's happening over the July 4th uh, sort of time. So I got a lot of time for that. Yeah. But yeah, now that the wedding's done, the... Uh, so the wedding is done. The honeymoon is now done. The only thing we have left to do is just uh, thank you cards at a certain point, you know? Yep. So that's really it. But uh, yeah, I'm glad I was able to share this uh, this honeymoon experience with you. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, Sounds yeah. like a good time. Definitely. Minus was, the definitely flight. Was. Minus the flight back home. True. True. But overall, it was, it was great. Yeah. All right. Should we get out of here? Yeah, let's get out of here. All right. Well, I'm Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see everyone next week. (laughs) 